and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter, X, at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 148. Let's roll. And we lost a good one this week. We lost Jimmy Buffett. I don't know, man. You know, what are you going to do? The older you get, the more people you know who die. That's just kind of the way it goes. Brutal, brutal. Um, you know who's not dead, though, is college football and Deion Sanders. Not dead. Holy smokes, are they alive. That was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Uh, we'll get to that and more. But I want to bring out my guest. This is sort of a home team pod. I've got my man, the chalk, on with me this this week. And, uh, you know, right before week one, we've got a lot to, of ground to cover. And I want to bring out my man. You can find him on Twitter at 101chalk. Uh, honestly, uh, if you're not following Chalk, you probably should be, although you're probably already swimming in the in the, in the the streets that he's, he's in because he's helping with everything uh, in terms of fantasy football. You know, Scott Fishbowl, if you're in it, you've seen him everywhere. He's just kind of the man behind the scenes on almost everything that's going around and I'm really, really proud to call him my partner, Mr. Chalk. Come on out here, Bubba. Yo, man. Uh, always, always fun, you know, hopping on, hopping on with you. Uh, one of my rare, rare appearances that I do. And, you know, anytime you, you call, um, I'm here. So, it's true. Uh, you know, you know, and, and we, we talk a lot more than I appear on, on your show. Obviously, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's always fun just to chop it up uh, with you in front of your listeners. Yeah, it's like um, you know we we kind of do this uh, with with Tommy Mo, me, you, and Tommy kind of run the Undroppables. We kind of do this thing, and and uh, we don't. I don't toot my own horn too much. I, I really should because I'm kind of an arrogant bitch. But you know, I probably should do more. But but we don't really. And you know, we're doing a lot of cool things. Tommy, first of all, Tommy Mo with the um, that little waiver wire TikTok thing was fucking brilliant. He's gonna do. He's gonna be like a movie director after all this. I mean, that that shit was fire. Do you see that? Yeah, man. I, he, he sent that to me, you know, he's like, yo, check out the, uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, TikTok. I threw, I threw something up there and, uh, that, that, that was amazing, man. And I know what he's doing. I know what he's doing this year is going to be like in his own words, a lot more, uh, cinematic, I guess you could say, uh, he's trying to really good. Yeah. It was really cool. It was really cool. Well thought out. I mean, he put a lot of time, I think thinking it through, the concept, obviously, the execution came out extremely well. Um, but yeah, check it out. You know, at the Unjoppables on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, check out the boy Two on One Tommy uh, doing some really, really cool stuff. Yeah, man, it's really, it's really fun. It's, it's definitely worth following just to see it every week. It's exactly what you want to see on like TikTok, Instagram. It's just, it's just fun. It's not like too serious it's it's exactly the opposite of too serious it's exactly entertaining and creative and fun and then you know some waiver wire stuff which of course you can read more in depth on the undroppables.com you know there's sort of an article that always goes with what he's you know what he's spinning on there and that, that's kind of the idea so check that out also you know we're we're going to talk about it this week is the you know sort of a little bit of weekly rankings right and sort of what happens um you know every week is you kind of have to figure out start sits. Everybody asks start sits question. Well, generally there's some people, some, some analysts that are worthy of following for weekly advice. 
and I'm not one of them. I have said this. Like every time I'm on Twitter, someone's like, dude, this guy or that guy. And I'm always like, dude, you're asking the wrong guy. I'm going to fuck this up. You know, um, I am, a, I start the chalk on, on my teams all the time. I'm just like chalk. And in this case, my man chalk is the chalk because he has finished in the top 20, like two or three years straight on fantasy pros out of whatever, hundreds of, of analysts who submit weekly rankings. So we are going to get into all that and more right after this. And I mentioned, you know, we're going to get into the, the, the chalk weekly rankings, which I can't wait to do. But I have to ask you before we get too far into that, did you see the Caleb Williams news? His dad coming out saying that he was going to uh, stay an extra year if the team is dog shit or whatever? Yeah, man. Uh, I actually saw it because, you know, we were texting back and forth. Uh, I think it was last night or two nights ago. And uh, you sent me a screenshot of the quote and, you know, zero context, right? Like that's something you right. do. Like, like you're just like, hey, check this out. I'm not going to say anything. I just want to get your instant reaction. And it took me a second to like decipher what was going on. I was like, wait, what is this quote? And, <laughs> and I, when I realized it was Caleb Williams' dad saying that, you know, literally what you just said, like, you know, if we don't like the team that is picking first, we're going to stay in school. Like, I'm okay with keeping my kid in school. A little bit of LeVar Ball there, right? A little yeah. bit of the L.A. kind of SoCal vibe going on. Yes. Um, but, man, that's wild. Like, it's it's a little scary, I think, for Dynasty players who are, you know, starting to tank for the 101. Yeah, dude. Right? Yes, <laughs> I know people who have traded for that 101 specifically. Yeah. Like, I'm in one league where – my buddy Chris has it, but he traded specifically because there's one team that's such dog shit and it's max points for that's definitely going to get the first pick that nobody can tank past it. It's definitely, the, you know, and so he's like, yeah, I'm, I have Caleb now. You know, it's almost like he's playing Debbie. He has Caleb. Well, not so fast, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> right. But like, I think the other thing that allows this to happen is kind of the money that they're making now. Like he can make just as much money. May, honestly, maybe more playing for USC. He yeah. probably makes more money playing for USC than he does going to the pros, given the pay scale and how fucking dope he is. Like, especially if they make these waves and this news and they like hold out and all of a sudden his value even goes higher. Like, dude, this could actually be a savvy move. And it got me thinking, like, this might be a play for some of these guys. And then they hold leverage, a new bit of leverage found. And I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah, the whole NIL deal stuff, uh, especially coming out of USC, right, yes. where the booster game is crazy. Like, yes, it's crazy. I mean, wasn't Jordan Addison – I mean, I don't want to go off a tangent, but, you know, teammate Jordan Addison, who just went to, you know, to the pros, I mean, he was he got like a house and a car and yeah. some – like literally got paid like he's – you know. They're getting millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. They're not fucking around over yeah, there. Especially so. on the NFL rookie scale. Like they're, they're probably making more than the NFL rookie scale just playing college ball, like just hanging sure. out on campus, you know, <laughs> like yeah. ridiculous. So that's cool. That's a new fucking bit of leverage. I'm, I'm always pro player. You know, it's like I, I made the joke on Twitter the other day. Someone was like, um, I forgot what they said, uh, something about abol- abolish the the rookie pay scale or something. And I was like, how about just abolish the draft altogether and just make it an auction draft? <laughs> That'd be wild, right? Oh, like, dude, like you yeah. pay you you pay to play. Like, you want this guy? Well, you bid for him, and you're gonna bid for that, Caleb. That's what you yeah. pay him. That's what you're gonna pay him. 
yeah, we'll bid. We'll see who the fuck wants them. You know, you're like, right? That's yeah, a different kind of way. That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. Sick, right? Every play, every team is like pushing buttons, and you see the numbers going up. Like that'd be a spectator sport too. I'd watch the fuck out of that. Yeah, yeah. man. Holy shit! But um, yeah. So Caleb, you know, it's like tanking for Caleb in Dynasty. Who knows? I mean, I still think he'll come out, but yeah. I think he holds leverage, and I think that's really the play here. And if if you know if if it's Arizona, and he, I think maybe what happened is Caleb Williams' dad might have seen the John Gannon fucking footage. Yeah, man. It was very, very, very well possible that he saw that quote unquote pep talk, right? And and a a little bit of Eli Manning going on too, right? I mean, you know, it's his dad's. It wasn't like, you know, Arch, you know, actually doing it, but a little bit of that kind of gamesmanship, like, hey, well, if you draft me, I'm not going to play, you know, where Eli was, you know, famously not going to play for the Chargers uh, and ended up going to the Giants. Uh, and winning a Super Bowl ring and, the, you know, the four Chargers, right? They could have had a probably a chance pairing Eli with uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, which has been, you know, pretty exciting uh, to some extent. Even though Eli, you know, more I or less. Rivers was better. Yeah, it's just, yeah, weird. Yeah, it's just yeah. weird how fucking Eli got so lucky against my Patriots twice. It's so <laughs> – no. Look, I'm giving him credit here because Peyton could never, you know. But um, <laughs> eat it, Peyton. Eat it. Colts fans, two weeks in a row, you get to eat that. Oh, that felt good. I was watching some highlights, you know, of like Brady, and they were like, it was like, oh, this one game, and, you know, against Peyton, and I fucking was just watching it, and they're like, Peyton Manning was 0 6 against the Patriots at that point. I was just like, oh, oh I didn't remember that it was so bad for him and the Colts and all you Colts fans. Eat it. And then the Giants with Eli and the. Eagles with Nick Foles just hold over us like fucking crazy. Anyway, I'm getting on a tangent myself, but a guy who is holding over everybody right now is basically Deion Sanders. And I think um, I think this whole portal thing is fucking cool too. More player empowerment. I mean, maybe a little too much of movement and stuff, but I don't know that it necessarily matters. Who gives a shit? You know, it's not like these kids are going to class. And I mean, maybe there are some of them, whatever, but the big names and the guys who are making moves and going to play in the pros anyway, and they should be getting paid in college. Cause if they don't, if they fucking break their knee, they're done and they're sacrificing so much. I'm kind of for all this. And then Dion executing like a motherfucker i mean you can say one thing about him bringing talent in which he did but the other thing is to get that team ready to play and he's a hell of a leader and motivator i am taking zero away from Deion sanders i am fucking impressed yeah man uh you know i it's, it's just cool to see right a player like Dion, you know have the career he had become obviously head coach at a you know hbc you know you you know yeah. having some success there and then Moving on to Colorado, which has obviously been in the dumps for the past I mean, decade plus, two decades. I don't even know. Like, yeah, I got I got to turn back the clock probably thirty years. To remember when Colorado was actually good? But yes. Colorado was, you know, it kind of has heritage. You know, like it's one of those like old school powerhouse teams that obviously over time have just kind of fallen apart. You know, and has never never regained kind of that prestige. Uh, and then Dion goes there, brings his son with him. I mean, how fucking yeah. cool is that, man? Like, like you see that all the time with like little league, right? Like, you got the coach, the head coach, yes. and the manager, and then you got the kid, and it's always like a weird dynamic or whatever. And you know, if the kid sucks, then like it's always right. weird at dinner. Yes. But like, imagine that dinner table. 
Uh, Unbelievable. You know, <laughs> I, can, I, I literally, my dad coached uh, uh, Babe Ruth as so a 13 to 15 year olds uh, from like my brother's like 12 years older than me. So he coached when he was 13 all the way till when I was 15 and a little bit before and a little after whatever. Coached for like 20, 25 years, held all these records and shit. But like when I remember when I came up, you know, of course he's going to like fucking give me a shot at everything. I was a pretty good player, but like I already remember like the, the sort of pressure because he's like, you know, he's not. I, I have to earn it still, you know, and like this is little league. Here's a fucking situation where everybody was saying this kid wasn't good enough, you know, uh, the quarterback, and he just goes out there and just fucking slays. Yeah, I mean, man. so much so that like now people are talking about him as like the number three quarterback and you know in in dynasty, you know, in Devi or whatever, you know. And I'm like, I have no idea. Like I I have no clue. I just know that it's a dope story and. You know, these quarterbacks are impossible to evaluate anyway, so it's like, who knows? But when we do evaluate these quarterbacks, we did have Mr. Sam Howell as that quarterback. I did anyway. I'm pretty sure you were with me. I don't remember. But, you know, we certainly liked Sam Howell. I loved him enough to think he was the quarterback one in that class. And all of a sudden now we're seeing just news snippets every single week about you know, Sam Howell. Oh, he's winning the job. Oh, he just fucking beat the Baltimore Ravens or whatever, you know, like, but like, you know, oh, he's great at, at practice. He's, he's doing a great job on the field and in, in preseason. He was just named team captain this last, uh, just the other day. And I think there's something brewing here. I just think Sam Howell probably was that guy the whole time and got drafted in the fifth round for, uh, what did Ray say last week? Because he looked like fucking Baker Mayfield. I was like, <laughs> I, that never occurred to me, but like, like it kind of does make sense. He's like a little bit more short and stout, like in terms of like he doesn't have that prolific body of a of, a, of an NFL player. And I think maybe they did see shades of Baker and were scared off. I have no clue, but this kid was, you know, prolific on the ground. He was a great thrower of the football. He was the best uh, quarterback at the Senior Bowl from many accounts, and you know, it's just sort of been a, a great run out for him. And now, of course, they've got to put pen to paper and actually fucking, you know, get this done. But I think Sam Howell could be a thing. We're going to get to him a little bit later. But what do you think about this Sam Howell becoming team captain thing? I, I, I love it, man. I mean, I was I was gobbling him up in the fourth round of Superflex rookie drafts. Right. Mm. People were just like, oh, he had a bad year. You know, I'm off him. Like, oh, he's not as good as, you know, he, he was before. And I, I was like, you know what? he was actually pretty good for more than a couple of years and he had a down year or maybe a down a year and a half that was on the downside. But like you said, like he has a rushing upside, like sneaky, yeah. Kono- like not an actual Konami quarterback, no. but, but kind of like a little bit of Ryan Tannehill. Like he, yes. you know, kind of sneaky, like he's going to get some yards, you know, like maybe, yeah. maybe not as great as like a Daniel Jones, but he might have a season where, you know, he does run quite a bit, you know, um, and he got Eric, you know, BNME, uh, you know, now <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I pronounce it right, but you know, he got, Just think, he got, remember when, uh, remember when Chris Berman used to say sleeping with the enemy, sleeping with BNME. <laughs> that was his nickname for Eric yeah. BNME in the, uh, yeah. Sleeping yeah. with BNME. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, you know, he got an interesting, uh, offensive coordinator, uh, pretty good defense. Right, I mean, it's not an elite defense, but a pretty good defense. Got a decent run game. Um, got McLaurin and Dotson. I mean, yeah. you got some pieces around him. I mean, it's not like he's walking into a, a terrible offense. It's not like he's walking into a Houston Texans offense. I mean, you know, I, I like C.J. Stroud, but it's not like he's walking to an offense with, like, no one. Right. You know, 
I, I will say the one thing with CJ though is he's got a good offensive line. That's the one yeah. thing. I think they're going to play some ball control, Damian Pierce, play yeah. action, Stroud, accurate throws. You know, I don't know. I, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm wondering about them a little bit too. But um, I want I want to give you some props. You you know I mentioned on the outset you're like a really good weekly ranker, and I know you won't take the the praise very well. You're going to be like, oh, I don't know, just got lucky or whatever. But you've done a great job at that, and it's why I wanted to have you on. Um, I know once we get to talking about it, you won't have you know you won't have too much shame in getting your takes out. But you know, kudos to you for being great. And I got to say that you know, obviously, you're still your weekly rankings will remain on the site this year and will be free, and they are actionable and useful. So congratulations and thank you. But everybody listening. Feel free to go to theundroppables.com and see uh, Chalk's weekly rankings. They're not perfect, but they're fucking close. No, man. <laughs> no, man. You're uh, talking me up, and I appreciate – you know, you know, I appreciate the love. Um, yeah. You know, you and, deserve it. You know, honestly, like we talk about on this show, iron sharpens iron. You always yeah. challenge, you know, my thought process. Uh, I wouldn't be anywhere near the fantasy player uh, and and – mind i guess so to say i didn't want to call myself an analyst but i know the, the person Such a I, weird word yeah. the person that thinks about fantasy like the way i do if it wasn't for you um yeah. and I, i'm not here just to like you know uh just kind of do a a love circle type thing but yeah. um <laughs> no but you know honestly man like you know iron sharpens iron man and yeah. spider-man meme all day for the last of what five five years plus i don't even know how long we go back now i mean the, the time like, we're getting old brother <laughs> we are man we are um but so without further ado let's get into weekly rankings i mean you know it's like uh the, this will probably hit just before the game on thursday it usually comes out late in the day on thursday but whatever um for those of you junkies you're probably like hurry up and get to this detroit kansas city game before the fucking game starts asshole so we're doing it um you know it's here's the thing this detroit kansas city game you know, normally the Thursday games are like sloppy or whatever because it's short rest or whatever. But this is the same amount of rest, and it's the highest over-under of the week. So there's a lot of fantasy points to be had here, or at least presumably so, as Patrick Mahomes always scores 30. Um, Detroit Lions defense always gives up 30. And the Detroit Lions offense was one of the best offenses in the league last year. And I don't think they're slowing down any as they've at least improved their offense with, you know, upgrades at the running back position and tight end position, or at least, you know, the second half is when they really took off. And that's when, you know, they didn't have Hawkins. And so, I mean, you know, they did technically upgrade their their tight end position over that. Uh, with Laporta, I, I think this team's going to be pretty good. And uh, so, yeah, there's, 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 some, there's some points to be had here. But, of course, it's shrouded in the Kelsey – likely not playing. I, I don't think there's been an official announcement. Obviously there will be one by when this, when this pod comes out, I'm pretty sure he's not playing. Right. I mean, is that kind of what we're thinking? Yeah. I, th- I think Kelsey's going to be scratched for, for yeah, this. For sure. You know, yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, that kind of changes things on the offensive side pretty drastically because, you know, you're penciling in Kelsey for, especially in week one, game one, prime time, like, you know, over under 10 targets for Kelsey, I would have gone over. Oh yeah, absolutely. Over, you know, yeah, yeah. over. Yeah. So, I mean, now, now what? And I ask you, Mr. Fucking rankings guy. Now what? Oh, uh, that's a good question, man. I mean, um, you know, I, I, you know, 
I mean, sticking with tight end position, I know Noah Gray has been a popular ad. I, I wouldn't put my eggs in that basket unless I'm like super desperate. And if you're desperate in week one, then probably got <laughs> bigger, bigger issues to worry about. Uh, of course, if you're, if you're in Dynasty, that's a different story, right? I mean, you know, waiver wire might be dry uh, to some extent. Um, if, I, if I'm looking at Kansas City offense, yeah, Sky Moore is actually pretty interesting for me, uh, yeah. especially in like a DFS format. Um, so at DFS, I'm probably going to try to sneak in Sky Moore, uh, you know, in my flex or, you know, my, my kind of back-end wide receiver slot uh, to obviously open up, you know, salary for you know elite elite running back uh a christian mccaffrey type um something like that so sky moore seems pretty interesting uh and even in in season long if you have sky moore and you're looking for a stop gap i think i think he's an interesting play uh, i do have him ranked at wide receiver 40 for the week uh and then our our <laughs> i'm gonna laugh when i say this our personal favorite uh Kadarius tony uh he's also <laughs> A sneaky play here, and I, I'm saying I thought, you, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say our real actual favorite, which I, you know, is a guy yeah. that I think could actually do something here. If you think about this and sort of play the mind game of it, it's like okay, he lost a security blanket. Who's the guy that he was most comfortable throwing the football to last year? It was Jarek McKinnon. Oh yeah. And I wonder if Jarek McKinnon just sort of is like, listen. You know, hey, I'm Mr. Dump-Off guy, a little option route guy, close to the line of scrimmage. I've got this shit. Don't worry about throwing it downfield into coverage to ping-pong paddle MVS and, um, you know, a, a bunch of young guys, Rashi Rice or Justin Ross or, you know, obviously Sky Moore is going to be there. Kadarius is fucking, you know, he could have a couple big plays. But, like, in terms of volume, you know, I wonder if, if McKinnon could have one of those 10-target games where, you know, he has seven or eight catches for 70 or 80 yards just – kind of a chain mover and you know i don't know what do you think about jarek mckinnon as a possibility this week yeah i mean i wasn't even thinking about the running back position yet um but jared mckinnon and we talked about this a few times last season where we just kept being mind blown like there's no way he's gonna be overall running back one again is he and then he did it like two weeks Twice, in a row yeah, yeah right yeah. it was like two weeks in a row and then there was definitely like a month stretch where it was like those two games Plus another couple of games where you're still putting up some decent production. Uh, yeah, I mean he's super sneaky uh, in terms of you know you know uh, running backs. And I, right now, uh, you know, switching over my running back rankings as you're mentioning him. Yeah, I do have him as like a high end like running back three. Yeah, but I mean by the time tomorrow rolls around, I might end up adjusting him. Closer to like a mid-range running back too. I it's mean, especially, I mean, it's hard to play him though. Like you know, because you just never know. He was he was yeah. hard to play even down the stretch last year. You had to like see it a few times to believe it. Um, but I but I just sort of makes me wonder, like you know, hey, maybe they were going to phase him out a little bit, see what these wide receivers can do. But then all of a sudden, it's like you lose your security blanket. I don't know. Like maybe Noah Gray goes in there and just like does his best Kelsey impersonation. But even in that situation, if he's not depending upon the wide receivers, he could, it could have been a Kelsey McKinnon game still, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I do think you got to look at, uh, at sky more in terms of tight ends. Um, you know, by the way, the, with Kelsey not playing the lines down to, it was down to four and a half last I checked. It's probably, I, I can't believe Kansas city is only favored by like four points at home. That's crazy. 
right? Pretty interesting game. Man. This like, is going to be a great game. Isn't the like home team advantage like three points? Am I, am I wrong yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's- especially Arrowhead on a primetime game, I mean, that should be, you know, three all day. And then they're only saying they're a point or two better than them. That's an interesting, interesting line. I mean, normally I think in this spot, like Kansas City would be favored by like seven or eight. Um, but I think there's a lot of questions about Kansas City, and that's crazy given the fact that they're the reigning Super Bowl champs and, you know, just the greatest quarterback I've ever witnessed. Um, but, you know, I get it. You know, there, there's questions about Chris Jones and whether or not he's going to play. Um, I saw Bosa got his money, obviously, just in time, right? Hey, I've yeah. been practicing, but give me my dough and I'll get out there and fucking do some shit for you. Um, but, yeah, I just wonder, you know, with, with Kittle probably, you know, if not hurt – um, you know, could be out, could be limited, could be, you know, these are dicey play there too as well. Tight end rankings get turned on their head a little bit, don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, with Kelsey most likely out, and this is something we have to monitor, I mean, pretty much up to game time, but I, I would probably consider him, you know, out or maybe even limited. Um, and then Mark Andrews, you know, not 100% healthy. Not 100%. Right? So, and then, like you said, Kittle. So, <laughs> I mean, your top five, you already got three out of the top five. Yeah. Potentially out and missing. So, it's like, you know, Waller looking really good. Uh, Hawkinson, obviously. I mean, both of those guys looking pretty good. Although, yes, you know, um, and then it, it, then it gets weird. It's like, is yeah. Tyler, Tyler Higby going to be a top five player at tight end like this week one? Like, you yes, know? I think so. Uh, kind of like, yeah. isn't that the thing though? It's like, it's like, um, uh, you know, we always say toward the end of the year, tight end is gross. This year, it's week one. How the fuck did tight end get gross in five yeah. minutes? Like, literally, we're thinking, we're thinking about, you know, I mean, like Tyler Higby as a top five, top four play at tight end this week. Like, that just sounds crazy, you yeah. know. Um, and like, especially with Cooper Cup being out, like Cooper Cup's only ruled out. So tell yeah. him you got to move up. I mean, I, I, my, I mean, if every, let's just say in a perfect world, every tight end is healthy. I have Tyler Higby at, you know, probably tight end seven, yeah. you know, I mean, and then you're going to probably consider at least two or three of those top tight ends being out. So, I mean, yeah, you know, it's just gonna be it's gonna be a wild week one at tight end. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, wild week one at tight end. I think you know the I I, I want to put Andrews as tight end one, of course, um, but if he's not fucking feeling so good, it's like you know they could limit him, and and Isaiah likely could you know sort of split some time. It could be a sort of a sixty forty split if he. Who knows, man? I mean, these guys need to be ready to go I, I i'm still treating mark andrews as the tight end one for this week yeah, yeah. until we get closer to um until we get closer to sunday and it doesn't sound good um you know there's really not much um you know other uh, you know everybody's basically playing on sunday i mean there's not like you're going to play someone over him although you know kincaid and conklin are pretty good plays on monday um you know i wonder about we're going to get to kincaid and those guys in a minute but um I think Waller's the tight end two and maybe the tight end one this week. Are, are you with me that he's behind Andrews? Waller, yeah, I'm with yeah. you on that. Yeah, 100%. So I mean if if Andrews is like limited and shit, like it's possible that we could be, you know, week 1 Waller and Hawkinson tight ends one and two going into the week. Yeah, no, I I I could see that. I could definitely see that. I mean, I I just looked up uh, Andrews, it looks like he practiced today, so yeah, probably, probably a decent chance he is playing. 
but we never know, right? Like things can change on a, on a dime. Uh, yeah, he's, he's just one of those players, though. Like no matter what, if he plays, you're starting him. Like yeah, you, know, absolutely. you can yeah. you could get cute with your rankings and be like, he's a little hurt, so I'm going to move him down to four or five or whatever, something stupid. But really, in in real life advice, you're just going to be playing him every single week. So yeah, and I, I think that's a good reminder for everyone out there. Um, you know, because I have to remind myself is just don't get cute, man. You know, like. Don't get cute with your 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 start sits, you know, like trying to galaxy brain, you know, some random, you know, player that you think is going to outproduce a stud on your team because, yeah. you know, there's some kind of question that, you know, uh, imaginary outcome that you kind of create in your mind That's to justify right. it. You know, like just just don't get cute, man. Like play 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 your studs, you know, unless there's really a, a legitimate reason why you're going to sit them. But don't yes. try to outsmart the system because, you know, the studs are the studs for a reason. And, you know, um, if they're playing, you just got to start them. Love Tyler Higby, as you point out. Love that advice, obviously. But then there's the three rookies. I wonder a little bit about these three guys. Uh, for me, Luke Musgrave, Sam Laporta, Dalton Kincaid. I guess Mayer, if you want to talk about them. But I, I think these three are the guys that are, like, really starting to say, hey, like, Musgrave could be, like, a real target earner on, in that offense because there's no real clear cut hierarchy. I mean, Christian Watson's the only returning sort of veteran. He's a second year player. I mean, he's also a little bit banged up. I mean, the, him and Dubs are banged up a bit, yep. so it's like Jaden Reed might step up. I certainly love that. And but Musgrave could be a target earner. And then you look at Sam Laporta; he could figure to be you know one of the top targets on the team. Obviously, you know you you, you know you've got. Um, uh, you know, some other guys that are going to get targets there. I mean, let's not, let's not overstate it, but um, you know, in, in terms of Amon Ra, obviously, but, but in Kincaid too, he could be the second target on that team as well. So like there's, they've got some opportunity, but then I think sometimes to myself, wait a minute, these are rookies week one rookie. I probably shouldn't be going here, but with the diminished, you know, uh, you know, Kittle, and uh, and Kelsey, you might have some opportunities, especially in Dynasty, where you feel compelled to play these guys. Do you feel comfortable starting any of these three or all of these three? What are we doing with these guys? I mean, Laporta, I actually feel pretty comfortable starting him if, if I have him, especially in Dynasty. Um, I have him ranked, ranked at tight end 13 this week, uh, so right outside the top 12. Uh, and that's considering, you know, Kelsey Andrews and Kittle playing, right? So if if two or like I said, two or three of those guys aren't playing, then San Laporta finds himself as a back end tight end one. Yeah, we know historically, at least recently, a back end tight end one is nothing to write home about. But I would still consider San Laporta a player with decent upside, right? Like you said, yeah. uh, Kansas City, Detroit has a pretty good, um, you know, uh, a line this week in terms of points scored. Uh, so that makes Laporta interesting. Uh, of course, you have Amon Ra. Uh, yeah. going to gobble up targets. Uh, you have Gibbs. You have David Montgomery kind of sucking up kind of some of those goal line touches. But in the red zone, I think Laporta could be a force. Uh, Possible, right. You know, we know that, you know, uh, our, our boy Josh's favorite player in the world, Jameson Williams, uh, mm -hmm. will not be playing. Uh, no. so, that, so that's, you know, some, that's, some... That takes away a target. Yeah, that takes away a few. <laughs> target, yeah, right. Uh, that takes away a target and maybe a touchdown. Uh, and then you got like Josh Reynolds. I mean, who I've been seeing uh, getting picked up on waivers. Uh, I don't know if you're going to actually play him. But, um, you know, Sal Laporta is interesting. 
Uh, I do like Musgrave, even though I'm not a big Jordan Love guy. But like you said, Watson is out most likely or he's hurt. Uh, hamstring, soft tissue. Uh, same with Dubs. I think they both have soft tissue injuries, uh, which not good for uh, early in the season. Those can linger, as we all know. Um, yeah. So Jordan Love, I mean, he's most likely going to need a safety blanket. They're probably going to run the ball quite a bit and then try to yep. have some short, easier passes to someone like uh, Luke Musgrave. Uh, so I, I think he's interesting for sure, like back-end tight end one. Uh, and then you mentioned Kincaid, who I have him right now at tight end 18. Uh, and like you said, like he's going to be utilized. I think I think all three of those guys, too, the reports out of camp, and I've you know, got to take coach speak with some grain of salt, but they also, all the coaches are saying, I mean, to the extent, like these guys are going to be moved around in the formation. And they're going to get kind of creative with how they're going to use them. So uh, it might be a wait and see approach. If you're not like comfortable starting these ti- rookie tight ends early, totally understandable. But uh, I would at least keep a close eye on these guys and um, you know act sooner than later if you see something that you know is is confirming our priors here. Yeah, and I think the the two things you want to chase as a as a as a tight end if you're trying to play a tight end is is targets not even target share because that's been you know, something that's plagued uh, a player we're going to talk about here in a second, but total targets, you know, how many targets are available and then touchdown upside. It's like, so are these players playing on all down and distances, meaning they're going to get goal line opportunities and do they have a reasonable uh, shot at actual targets? And if you can chase those two, you're going to do really well with the tight end position on a week to week basis. Um, all three of these guys have been, you know, especially Musgrave was like basically playing with all the starters every single time, like doesn't come off the field, you know? So that's the thing with Musgrave. It's like, I know he's, you know, unless they completely heel toe, like he's the starting tight end in almost all game situations. And, you know, that that's encouraging as you point out, especially with some, some limited target options in in green Bay. Um, You know, when I say total targets, not just target share, it's like the Kyle Pitts conundrum, you know, he's gotten target share, but they seem to run the ball a lot. What the fuck are we doing with Kyle Pitts? And let's move to that Carolina at, at Atlanta game, one of the early games that we're going to see. Uh, this one, not surprisingly, 39 and a half over under with only the you know, second lowest implied total for the week. Uh, what the hell are we doing with Kyle Pitts? Man, like, you know, I still have him. I mean, I actually have him ranked like after – uh Tyler Higby right now as of right now because of, of cupping out and um I, I love Kyle Pitts as a talent as a you know as my imagine you know from my, my imaginary ceiling and what he can be and should be but just a terrifying offensive situation right now yeah um you know we just don't know what Arthur Smith's gonna do uh he hasn't he hasn't really shown a propensity to like target Kyle Pitts in the, in his offensive scheme, which is a little concerning. Um, so, I mean, again, if you have Kyle Pitts, you drafted him and you got to start him. I mean, at this yeah. point, that's um, the thing. It's like, like, like chalk, you mentioned, I'm literally looking at my weekly rankings, which, you know, I have the balls to put Tyler Higby above Kyle Pitts in my weekly rankings right here. I don't know if I have the balls to do that in a, in a, in a starting lineup. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, yeah. I feel like if I have pits, I'll just be like, no, no, it's fucking them playing pits. I don't give a shit. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, yeah. 
it, but it's like so maddening because it's like you play him and you squint your eyes and look away. You're like, I fucking hope, I guess I don't fuck. Yeah, Jesus Christ. You know, like, it's just so stupid. You know, he's coming back off an injury too. Like he was wearing a yeah. brace for a while. Like what the hell, man, we just can't seem to have nice things around here. Yeah. And like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm matching up against him in a few leagues and I'll be honest, like, I mean, I'm probably jinxing myself here, but but I mean, I'm not scared. Like I see him in like my opponent's lineup. I'm like, all right, cool. Like you're playing Kyle Pitts, cool, man. Good, good for you. You know, uh, yeah. I, I have an advantage there. Like I'll just pick up uh, Dalton Schultz off the waivers and have the same amount of points. You know? Yeah, Tyler Con- Tyler Conklin's going to get a cheap <laughs> touchdown from Aaron Rodgers and outscore his ass. Good for you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, Kyle Pitts, man. I mean. He's, he's a bit terrifying. Like I had very minimal exposure to him in Dynasty early on the offseason. And uh, I mean, his his window, his buy window was opening up. So I started picking him up in a, quite a few spots uh, at pretty cheap. And I thought I was all savvy. And then now fast forward like two, three months and I'm like, damn, should I have done that? <laughs> should I have traded, you know, first and a second or whatever the hell I did for Kyle Pitts? Like, I don't know if. Doesn't feel right anymore. Doesn't feel great, you know? Um, But, I mean, if you have him, you're starting him probably. And, uh, you know, if you're in Dynasty, like, don't – we're not – and don't get get us wrong. Like, we're not saying panic sell and go off Kyle Pitts. But, uh, you know, if he's not starting off on a hot start, uh, don't be surprised. Yeah, it's – it's you know, these tight ends are so situationally dependent unlike um, many other positions. So yeah, I still believe in the talent and that's going to be his middle name pretty soon. Kyle, I use, I still believe in his talent pits, um, but someone who's not, who is terrifying. Uh, if Kyle Pitts isn't terrifying, someone who is terrifying is his teammate, B. John Robinson. Um, he's a fucking highlight film at, at all times. Like his first preseason game, he's just, he just looked outstanding. Every single practice film, it's like, he's, juking some guy you know as a wide receiver and making a one-handed diving catch in the back of the end zone um is he fucking awesome or what and and does that matter if they don't score any points i mean i wonder how this is all going to go what are your what's your take on Bijan and how high should we have him in our weekly rankings i guess again another one you're playing him if you got him but i suppose there could be some funny situations where you have some especially some dynasty teams where you're like do i play him or like you know, Derek Henry or Josh Jacobs or something. And it's like, I don't know. That's about where I've got him in my rankings. Or do you have him much higher? Yeah. I have him like in my top four or five right now in my weekly rankings. Um, I'm like waffling back and forth with like Pollard and Bijan, you know? Um, the only reason I, I am considering ranking Pollard higher than Bijan this week. And even potentially for the season is that, um, Tyler Algier, I mean, yeah. he's he's not he's not great. I mean, he's not like an elite running back, but didn't he rush for a thousand yards in his rookie season? He sure so did. Like, so like, he's not a, he's not a slouch. I mean, yeah, maybe he's a jag plus. Like, maybe he's a little bit better than just a guy, but yeah. he still rushed for a thousand yards. And not not a lot of running backs can say that they rushed for a thousand yards in the rookie season, regardless right. of the offense. I mean, you could say, oh, Arthur Smith runs the ball a ton. It's like. But it was also the Atlanta Falcons offense, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't yeah. like you know this amazing offense that you know he was running behind. Um, so because of that, like I'm a little worried that Bijan's gonna share touches, I mean, and probably not because Bijan isn't elite, but more Arthur Smith is weird, and 
Uh, Tyler Algier isn't bad. And also, in the new NFL, teams are more willing to, like, protect their running backs by yeah. sharing the load, right? So, yeah. uh, with those for those reasons, I do have Bijan behind Pollard, behind Saquon, behind Eckler, behind McCaffrey. But, like, I still have him in the top five range, right? Like, mm. if you said, I'd rather start Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry over Bijan, I'd say no problem. Like, I have no arguments against that. Right. Um, well, I think the thing that's been scaring me, look, the talent is not what's scaring me with Bijan. Like I am, I am over the moon with this kid. I think he's maybe the best running back I've seen, like an all around running back that I've seen. I mean, he, I think he may be a better all around running back than Saquon. Like I, I know that's a big, big statement, like especially coming out, but like he's a very good between the tackles runner. He doesn't have the, quite the breakaway speed, but like, we're splitting hairs at that point, but he is yeah. such a good downfield uh, receiver. But that's kind of the point is like the one thing, like if you just said, okay, rank all the running backs in projected total targets, Bijan would not be toward the top. Yeah. And that, that's what scares me. It's like, cause I want him to, because he deserves to, but that team doesn't throw enough for it. He'd have to have like an immense fucking target share. And in that case, either Drake London or Kyle Pitts is definitely going to see a much smaller target share or something like, you know, what are they going to throw 33% to those three? Like nobody else is going to get a target. Like, I just don't, you know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. So at some point, I just don't know exactly what the pass ceiling is for him. And that's where I get a little bit scared. I know you might be able to say the same thing for like Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry, but they're also, uh, you know, Derrick Henry, we've seen him do it before and he's, you know, He's also a little scary sometimes. We've been saying that for years, but then he'll rip off 285 yards and two touchdowns. But um, but Chubb this year should see more more targets, and he's in a presumably more pass heavy offense with with Deshaun Watson over there. So you know those are some of the reasons. And you know that Cincinnati Cleveland game is like I think it's the second highest. I think Chubb, you know, you've got to project Chubb for for more than Bijan now. I just wonder if Bijan's greatness sort of just transcends, and we watch the game and go. Dude, what the fuck? We should have just seen this coming. He fucking killed. You know, is he that good? Maybe. And if he is, that's gonna be fun to watch. Yeah, uh, absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah. so Bijan's gonna be one of those like. I won't be surprised if he just blows the top off of everything, and right, like just immediately assumes, you know, uh, weekly RB one status. He's everyone's RB one in Dynasty, but we're talking about Redraft right now, and. You know, I, yes. you know, I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden everyone's like, Christian McCaffrey, who? Like, no, nah, man, I'm yeah. starting Bijan over Christian McCaffrey all day. Um, yeah. So I won't be surprised. I, I'm i not going to necessarily bet my money on it, but I'm not going to be right. surprised when it happens. That's it. I, I'm with you a thousand percent. I'm I'm hopeful that we see the very, very best of Bijan because he's that good. And, um, you know, look, I spoke my piece about Nick Chubb. I think he's going to have a huge year. I mean, if you're holding Nick Chubb in a dynasty league, Dude's rugged as hell, has not been hurt, knock on all the fucking wood considering all these injuries. But, like, you know, he's been that guy. Um, they, they really don't have much behind him. I mean, Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong now, I mean, that's, again, not much. So I think he's going to see all he can handle in both the passing and the running game. And in a high-scoring game at home against Cincinnati, uh, he's a he's a hell of a play this week. Uh, you you uh, Yeah. I, you know, because I have him ahead of Bijan right now, I feel a little bit crazy, but I, not really. I mean, don't you? No, I, I don't hate that at all. I mean, I mean, yeah. as as, you're, as we were talking about it, 
I was like, you know, flipping the, I was actually flipping Chava had a Bijan myself. And it's, it's that, it's that whole concept of remember when we thought Nick Chubb was going to be the dude and then the Browns signed Kareem Hunt. We're yeah. like, fuck, you know, like, yes. fuck, why'd you do that? Like, why'd you do that to Nick Chubb? You know? Uh, and Kareem, Kareem Hunt did just enough to like take off that, like, Yes, RB one overall RB one potential chopped, like, chopped off the ceiling a little bit, yeah, but never like, made uh, him a worse player. He yeah. was still awesome, like he was so dope. But it was like, man, a few more tar- like t- we would always say, like one or two more targets a game, one or two more carries a game for Chubb right? to be overall RB one, right? It was just like, yeah. fuck, we can't get him there, you know. And now we got it, right? So it's like, yes. like why why shouldn't he be? Like I mean, you know, me even saying this, like I'm like. Dude, how is he not a top four running back this week? Like, yeah, you know, I mean, other than like McCaffrey, Eckler, and Barkley, like, how is Nick Chubb not like the chalk of the chalk? Like, I mean, how are you not gonna be super excited to be rolling out Nick Chubb all season long? Totally, man. And uh, yeah, I'm totally. And then Christian McCaffrey, um, you know, plays at Pittsburgh, uh, forty one and a half over under. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I don't think I would get cute and bench McCaffrey, but again, in the rankings, when you look at it, sometimes you can get cute and put, you know, put McCaffrey behind Chubb or something in your rankings. I, I understand the gamesmanship there um, because nobody's really benching either of these guys in any situation, but like may not be the best week uh, for all the skill positions there. Could be a bit of a rock fight, as I kind of say it. Um, I, I, I was thinking about this passing game, you know, Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett. Um, these two guys going head to head. I think this is like, you know, obviously San Francisco is 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 a, is a team that's arrived. Everybody's kind of saying they've got the best, uh, you know, roster in the NFL. And Pittsburgh, you know, I've been singing the praises of Pittsburgh all off season. I think that they improved the offensive line. They've got two great running backs. You know, two different running backs. They've got good weapons all across the board. That you know, again, the offensive line better. They've got. Uh, maybe the best coach in the NFL, certainly one of the top five coaches in the NFL. They've got a real home field advantage. Um, their defense is frisky, if not great. Um, they could be very good this year. And I think this is kind of a litmus test for them as San Francisco visits. Uh, what do you think about that game? That's going to be visually pleasing. Yeah, it's gonna be, that's going to be a fun game to watch, man. Like, I, If I could watch one game uh, at that time slot, it'd probably be that game. Yeah. It's going to be so fucking good. Um, You know, when it comes to maybe get into a little receiver talk here, Debo, Ayuk, Deontay, and Pickens. Maybe Mm. you already have them in your rankings. What what is the order that you have those guys right now? Um, They're all pretty close. Right? They are pretty close. They like it's kind close. of interesting. I think a lot of players, a lot of dynasty and, and and redraft players are actually looking at those four guys. Maybe not specifically, but a lot of them are looking at these guys in various leagues that they have and wondering because I love Ayuk. You know, Matt Harmon loves Ayuk. Everybody kind of loves Ayuk. Um, Debo is fucking dangerous as hell, especially when he's healthy. Well, it's week one. I know a lot of fucking players aren't healthy week one. How the fuck are we not have healthy players in week one? It doesn't even make any damn sense. God damn it. I hate, I hate this shit, but Debo should be healthy week one. Deontay has been a target earner and who doesn't think that George Pickens is going to be the wide receiver one overall this year. I mean, he's the soup du jour for sure. So it's like, what, what do you make of this, uh, this order? Yeah. So I have Debo, Deontay, Ayuk and Pickens. Yeah. But 
Um, Ayuk and Pickens, I have very close in my ranking. So it's like, you know, I'm okay with kind of a coin flip there. Um, but I think Debo has a, he has a touchdown upside, right? I mean, cause he's, he's used as a weapon, right? He's going to get, he's going to get touches on the ground and the air. Um, he's going to see looks in the red zone, you know, all kinds of kind of manufactured touches. Uh, so I have Debo, uh, about four slots ahead of Deontay. I, I like Deontay more than Pickens only because I think Deontay probably sees more volume. And if we're looking at PPR, yeah. I'm looking at like targets, you know, uh, strictly targets. Um, Pickens obviously has a touchdown upside over over Deontay, but yeah, touchdowns are random, you know. So I don't I don't want to bank too much on there. Where um, where do you have Pickens? I'm about to move him a little bit, but this San Francisco defense is tough. I mean, it's not an easy defense to throw against. Um, where do you have Pickens right now? Like what what wide receiver? What I'm at wide receiver twenty nine. 29. Yeah, that's about where I'd want to move him up to, I think. Maybe 30 or 31, but yeah. I have him at like 35 right now. Feels a little bit low. Um, I have Ayuk as the highest here. You know, I just think that he's the you know, he's the best quote unquote wide receiver on the, you know, on, on, on the on the 49ers. I know that Debo's the best football player, but you know, if they need to throw the football to move the football, which is very possible against Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. I think I, you know, should lead the team in targets and uh, you know, I, I have him right up there. I mean, would you play so you would play Debo over Ayuk if you, if you had the two. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would. It's very close. I, I can understand that they're both very close for me. It's in that little, that little spot right at the backside of, of wide receiver twos, which, you know, is kind of a tough spot. So where do you have DJ Moore? Do you have DJ Moore ahead of all them, behind all them, or whereabouts? Uh, I have DJ Moore one slot. Of, oh. So I have DJ Moore at 24, Deontay yeah. Johnson at 25, yeah. Ayuk at 26, yeah, and Pickens at 29. <laughs> I'm, not look, I'm not looking 20. at your rankings, by the way, but I mean, that's the – it's because when I was doing my rankings, I was thinking like, damn, like I don't know what to do with this group, you know, because – you know, if I'm telling someone who to play, it's like, man, I don't, I don't love the matchup for these. Like DJ Moore has been ripping shit off, but the real fucking football starts this week, and they're going to be playing Green Bay. It was a pretty good secondary. I mean, I would assume Jair is going to try and follow DJ as much as he can, as much as they sort of do that. You know what I mean? And uh, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. I I wonder if I'd rather I have Ayuk a spot ahead of DJ Moore and at 21 actually. Um, mm. I really like Ayuk this week as the the one guy who could probably come through and is going to be heavily targeted to move the football, in my opinion. But who knows, uh, yeah. man? I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, a lot of this is like I have my rankings up as I'm talking to you and, you know, kind of looking at everything again, right? Like it's over the next – It ain't know, over. Yeah, over the next <laughs> – like I don't even want to say 12 hours because by then it's already, you know, I guess it is 12, next 12, 12 15 hours I'm going to be looking at my rankings over and over to figure out yeah. you know, where, where am I going to kind of do some small tweaks um, before they lock on, on thir- at least for the Thursday night games or the Thursday night. Yeah. I, yeah. I usually like to lock the Thursday, but after that, there's a lot that can move because yeah. I, I think, um, well, the Thursday night game for wide receiver, it's like Amon Ra uh, sky. sky. So let's talk real quick on sky more. Um, he's part of a group of players. I actually tweeted out my sort of a section of my rankings and it's like, I'll just name some of the players in this sort of group. 
Jordan Addison, Gabe Davis, Sky Moore, Marvin Mims, Zay Flowers, Traylon Burks, Elijah Moore. You know what I mean? Yeah. First yeah. or second year players, you know, I actually put Pickens in there, but I might move him up. But like these guys are like, I'm not exactly sure what their role is going to be. I'm not exactly sure if they're good players. Like we don't even know if like Marvin Mims is good. I I, I love him. We don't know if Sky Moore is any good. Like how what's his snap share going to be? There's just a lot of questions in here. They were they were talking about um, KJ Osborne being above Addison on the depth chart. I don't suspect he's going to be above him on the target chart. But what the fuck do I know? You know, it's like Gabe Davis. I really you know I think we're you know I, I we should probably move him up. I think although. I'm not loving the matchup again uh, in New York, but all these guys have a ton of questions. What do you think about Sky Moore? How far up can you move him? I have him at wide receiver 39. Where do you want to put him? Yeah, I have him like in that like 39 to 41 range right now, right? Like, do you like him more or less than like Zay Flowers or Elijah Moore this week? You know, I think that's that's what the question comes down to. I'm starting um, to move him up ahead of Zay Flowers. I mean, excuse me, I'm starting to move Zay Flowers up maybe given the – the Andrews injury. I mean, Zay Flowers, man, sheesh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I did a redraft league where I drafted like, you know, I drafted a couple wider series at the time. I think I showed you the league. It was like, uh, I forget. It was like Godwin and one other good one. And then I drafted some running backs. I drafted Lamar, like whatever. I just kind of load up. Of course I got Kelsey, the fucking jerk off. <laughs> um, but, but then I like four rounds in a row. I went like Addison, JSN flowers and Mims or something, you know? And I, like I have all four of these guys and I'm like, one of these motherfuckers is going to hit, right? Like, don't, don't you think one of these guys is going to be like, Oh shit. Did you see flower? Like, I feel like one of them's going off. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think I still, I still, I would still have my money on flowers. To yeah, go me off. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think flowers could be a big, big player. I mean, you know that that whole offense changing with Todd Munkin. I think, I think Zay Flowers could be huge. So Zay Flowers or Sky Moore? Uh Sky Sky Moore by a, a, a hair. Hmm. Sky Moore over Marvin Mims, then for sure. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So over Addison. Yes. Wow. Okay. Not over Pickens. Not over Pickens. No. Over a guy like Marquise Brown. No. I, I think I still have Marquise Brown. I I would still say Marquise Brown over Sky Moore. You'd consider it. I consider it. I would a hundred percent consider it. Me too, because Marquise Brown feels fucking terrifying this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, Josh Dobbs throwing him the ball. Shit. Right? Yeah. Like, I, fuck, I, I don't know what to do with Marquise Brown. Like, because he could get peppered with targets, but we've seen this before. Like, 12 targets, three catches, 42 yards, or whatever. You know, it's like, okay, whatever, dude. Yeah, he was targeted all game, but nothing nothing happened at all. Um, so, yeah, I'm Marquise afraid of that. Brown shit. Is, um, uh, is he still hurt? Wasn't he, hurt? he is a little hurt too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe Marquise Brown has to tumble down the rankings a bit. Then I mean, you know, that's an interesting thought there. Yeah, you that's know. what I'm saying. Like, so I mean, you could find a way to get Sky Moore into into your wide receiver three range. Like, you know, then it gets into like I guess maybe like the Christian Kirks, Brandon Cooks. Michael Pittman's, you're, you know, yeah, you're, not, yeah. you're not playing him over that. But would, would you want Michael Thomas or Sky Moore? 
There you go. I'm back to back right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, right? What the fuck is up with Michael Thomas, dude? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> dude. He was the wide receiver one in Dynasty like three years ago or whatever. Yeah, he's never, he never played again. <laughs> he's never played. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, remember he was going to be out for a little bit, and then you're like, oh, yeah, he'll be. And then it's two and a half years later, he still isn't. Like, I don't, I've never seen anything like this. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. His career's not over. Like, he's yeah. still on the same team and stuff. Like, what the fuck? Well, he's not, he's no longer the alpha. I mean, so it's. Just, That's for it's fucking w- sure. It's weird. It's just, it's weird, man. That's a weird Rahid case. Rahid Shahid is fucking. Oh, wait, you were talking about Alave. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I think you gotta pull. I like, isn't there more? There's more target certainty for Sky more than Michael Thomas. Is that where we're at right now? I think so, man. I think so. Let's move on. Jeez Louise. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this is unbelievable. Speaking of, uh, you know, so I'm gonna give you the biggest narrative game of the week. This is it. The biggest narrative game. Whoever wins this game, it's gonna be like, See, I fucking told you. This is the thing we were saying. Everything's good. And the team that loses, they're going to take some shit. And it's going to be, I'm not sure if this guy. And there's going to, it's the biggest narrative game of the week. Green Bay Packers at Chicago Bears. Justin Fields at home against Jordan Love. This whole thing, man. You know, there'll be excuse making for the team that loses. And they'll be hailing the team that wins. This is a big game for the psyche of these two fan bases. I've never seen anything like it. A lot on the line for these two players, right? Am I, yeah. am I crazy here? No, it makes sense. And, um, what's going to happen. <laughs> sure. Uh, I think Justin Fields is going to run around and probably rush for a hundred yards. Probably, probably not, you know, probably throw for maybe 200. I was going to say another hundred. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say like 150 to 180, but then I was like, the Bear fan, Bears fans are going to come after me. Yeah, for um, sure. So I'll, I'll give him 200 yards. Yeah. Um, and Jordan Love, I mean, who knows what's going to happen to this guy, man. Like, this is – this could be a complete dumpster fire, and I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I wouldn't be around. surprised with anything. Honestly, if he came out and was like – went for 330, three touchdowns, I'd be like – that wouldn't – like, I'm not like, oh, my God, what? I'd be like, well, I'm not surprised. Um, but he could also go for 303 touchdowns and like three picks, you know, like, like he just has a little bit of that, like whoopsie daisy. I'm a little bit, not so sure with the ball sometimes that who knows if that's gone, who knows if that's gone forever, if that's gone for this game or if it's not gone at all, I'm not sure, but, uh, I'm, I'm dying to see it. I want to see this game. I want to see it's a, it's a great fucking another visually pleasing game. Obviously these two uniforms, the whole fucking thing, like, I, I can't wait for this game. Um, is there anybody that you're thinking uh, is a good play in this game? Because I've got a couple that I like, um, especially you know, e- even at, at you know, uh, in a, like a redraft. Like I've got a couple plays I like for this game. What about you? Um, personally, not not as much. I think I can kind of guess who you, who you like in this game. Um, but personally, I don't. I don't really like too many players. Uh, Me neither. Yeah. Just not not a big fan, you know. I like Aaron Jones in the game. I I do like Aaron Jones in the game, um, and I, and I think if you're desperate or you need like you know, I know you play in some deeper flex leagues, or where you have like four four flex spots or more. You know, AJ yeah. Dillon AJ Dillon could be interesting there. Yeah, um, you know, 
in, in deeper leagues. Um, and I, I re- go ahead. Yeah, go, go, yeah. No, I was just gonna say part of the reason I like um, I like Aaron Jones was because of a lot of injuries and potential. You know, even if they're not hurt, all the sort of um, you know rookies and youngsters in the passing game for Jordan Love. And, you know, I think it's a nice security blanket for him. I think they're going to want to run the football. I don't think Chicago's defense is all that scary, but I do think like a couple little swing passes, dump offs, wheel routes, like some of the easier throws that he can make to Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones also the, the most veteran presence in that team. I think he's going to want to have some, uh, some opportunities to make some plays in a division game, first game of the season. Like I just think a lot of the narrative stuff makes sense for, uh, for him as well. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. I, I, I'm agreeing with you on that one. So yeah, uh, let me look at where I have. Um, I'm gonna, I was just pulling it up. So like Aaron Jones, I like have it like RB ten. I like I, I really like him. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure you don't have him that high. I feel like that may be a little bit aggressive, but you know, at some point you got to make a make a decision with these guys. I mean, everybody behind him, like the next ten guys, all could outscore him. I get it. But, you know, some of them are matchups. Some of them are this or that. I, I just think Aaron Jones has the matchup, and I think he's going to get the opportunity in week one. I don't know how long that lasts. As you point out, A.J. Dillon exists. But I think in week one, I like uh, Aaron Jones in this game. W- where do you have Aaron Jones, and would you consider moving him closer to where I have him? Yeah, I have him at RB12 right now. Right? Yeah, so, there you go. Not I mean, so far yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, right in that range. I mean, I have Ramon J and, and Etienne like right above him, but – I mean, you know, just listening to you kind of explain explain it, and I could totally see that happening, like a top ten finish. Yeah. Um, yeah so definitely, I like, I like the ETN call. ETN against Indianapolis, who's another terrible, awful Colts suck team. Sorry, Colts fans. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, I, I didn't even believe that. But yeah, the Colts could be really bad. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. I'm just. What am I doing? That's not nice. That's not nice I shouldn't do that. Um, one of the things I, I wonder, and you know, this is more of a seasonal thing. Do you think? Ju- I already know the answer to this. Do you think Justin Fields has a Jalen Hurts like leap in him? No, I agree. <laughs> no, just yeah. yeah. Short answer, no. I think a lot of it. Uh, if you told me Justin Fields was all of a sudden playing for the Philadelphia Eagles, I would say maybe yes. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. But he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of those Philadelphia Eagles, those poor, poor, poor Philadelphia Eagles and their stupid fans are going to have to come into New England with their hopes so high and then leave with their stupid Philadelphia tails between their stupid Philadelphia legs because the New England Patriots are going to romp the Philadelphia Eagles 31 to three on Sunday afternoon. Wait, what, what year is this? 2023? Never mind. Let me just change that real quick. Uh, Philly coming in. Uh, actually, a 45-and-a-half over-under. Um, I think the, the the key here is whether or not New England's defense is for real and can they slow down this Eagles offense. Um, if you're, you know, from a football standpoint, do you think that's possible? Certainly the odds makers don't think so. Yeah, I actually think it's possible that yeah. – um, so I thought I had read somewhere, I heard somewhere that um, Bill Belichick in like week one, like was it like he didn't win, he didn't lose back to back week one, something like he's not, like he has he has all off season to prepare for this game. Yes, right. You know, and you know one thing that Bill Belichick can do is like game plan. 
you know, yep. for one game. If he has like three months of game plan for a game, I mean, this would be the game. Yep. Um, and the New England defense, pretty solid. Yes. You know, and obviously Belichick's going to play to those strengths. And probably it's almost like he, he signed Ezekiel Elliott uh, for almost this game itself, right? For like ball control purposes, right? Like, oh, I'm going to play good defense and I'm yep. going to run the ball and I'm just going to wear these motherfuckers down and keep yes. the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands. Um, it is in Foxborough too, right? So it was something like, and I, yeah. again, don't quote me on this, but it was like Bill Belichick hasn't really lost back-to-back week one games at home. Like something right. like that, something ridiculous yeah. where they maybe lost last year or the year before, but he ain't losing this year. Like it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, Any so, sort of back-to-back loss for Bill Belichick's are rare. Like they just, yeah, he just is a bounce back king. I mean, you know, Everybody thinks they were awful last year. They won eight games. It's like they were fucking kind of good, you know? Yeah. And they had that stupid Raider game where they should have won. Like, they had so many things where they they could have won. They didn't have an offensive coordinator. The, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. They had a great draft, especially on the defensive side on the of the ball. Christian Gonzalez, um, Mapu or whatever his name is. I mean, they just – they really did great. They've got some real athletic players finally on the defense. I think, you know, they, they saw, like, Justin Fields run all over him and – they needed some team speed on the defense. They got there. I think now they're 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 their three corners are about as good as anybody else's. And so they're gonna have to prove that this week. But look, if their defensive line can be stout enough to sort of, you know, stymie the run and not let Jalen Hurts go crazy, I think they're good enough in pass defense to not necessarily let him go crazy as well. So, you know, Obviously, with with Philly, it's not just a one trick pony. They can they can beat you in multiple ways. So they're going to have to be ready. But I think their defense has enough team speed this year versus last year to sort of you know not not to hold up against a, a, a team like Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts. Um, one of the other things that I think is interesting going into this year with Philadelphia Eagles is their backfield. I, I think there's not much that we know. Um, and I wonder what you're thinking in terms of this backfield, both on a weekly basis, week one, but also on a seasonal basis. What's your thoughts about, uh, you know, Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift, and Kenneth Gainwell? Um, I mean, I, I like Swift, Penny, and Gainwell generally in that order. Um, you know, uh, so even but even though with that said, like Swift, I have him more as like an RB three, like a flex play. Just given that I don't, I don't know what to expect in that offense, right. you know, right. uh, and I have to kind of wait and see what happens before I could probably be more confident um, in starting someone like Swift. Um, yeah, I yeah. have all th- I have all three of them. I have like Swift at thirty six, Gainwell forty one, Penny at forty five. So I have them all as like flex plays. Like if you like one of them, you can flex them. If not, like I just assume not play any of them. Like. Yeah. You know, until I see what their thoughts are. Like, doesn't that kind of make sense? That's kind of how I'm playing it. Like, I, I have a few, uh, I think I only have a couple of each, but more, I think I have more Gainwell than anything, but I have a couple pennies and a couple of Swifts. And it's like, you know, I think the league I have Swift, it's like a super fucking deep. Like, it's like two running backs, three wide receivers, and then like three flex and then three flex. It's like six total flex or something like that. It's fucking badass. Um, of course, I won the league last year, um, but uh, but yeah, it's like a real badass league, and and um, 
and I'm, I'm of course I'm playing Swift because I mean it's like it's so deep, you know. You you just need yeah. as much depth. I might play Zeke in that league. Like that's how mm-hmm. fucking deep it is, you know. Yeah. And it's a good team, you know. So sometimes there's some dynasty leagues like that or whatever. But for the most part, like if you have some sort of standard, you know, run on your team, I would definitely be sitting all three. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I 100 percent agree with that. Yeah, like even guys I have ranked in in and around them. Like I'd play Charbonnet over all three. I think I'd. I think I might even play like. Would you play like Jalen Warren ahead of all three? I mean, I don't have a rank there, but like yeah, I'm looking at it like, why not just play J? At least I know what I'm getting from Jalen Warren. You know, thirty to forty percent of the Pittsburgh, you know, offense with some targets. Yeah, I don't know if I can play Jalen Warren above all of them, but hmm. it's close. Like, I, I'd probably consider playing Jalen Warren above like Rashad Penny. Yeah, yeah, you know? uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, at least, you know, if, you, if you're just looking for sure bets, you know, like, because sometimes, like, when you're digging that deep in the flex, you're like, just give me seven. You know, I mean, obviously, yeah. I'd love someone to go off, but, you know, anybody can go off. But, I mean, I just don't want a gutter ball, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you could you, you play Swift, and they're like, no, no, it was all Penny. Like, Swift got a couple targets. Nah, like, you're like, what? You know, or whatever. Like, I mean, it's yeah. possible. I have Swift as you know the, the lead back there, but I I have fucking no clue. I, I am I am terrified of that whole backfield. And um, you know, the the one guy I'm super excited for in this Philly uh, New England game, and and the guy that I'm just head over heels for, you know, as a football player, and and is Ramondre. Mm. Um, I mean, he's so exciting. He's so fun. I love Ramondre. Um. By the way, Zeke looks great, apparently. That's the word. I mean, everybody's in great shape this time of year. That's what they say, right? No, seriously, yeah. it's fucking stupid. But, like, apparently Zeke is 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 looking good. And he's such a Bill Belichick, you know, guy. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't think it necessarily hurts Ramondre. This Philadelphia defense might. But I just think he's got – you know, no matter how they're playing, I think, meaning the Patriots, I think Ramondre's involved. Um, you know, whether it's the pass game or the run game, I really don't give a shit. As a matter of fact, I almost prefer they pass a little bit and that sort of suits Ramondre's high target share from last year. I think that now continues, especially given the fact that they brought in Zeke and got rid of Pierre Strong. Like in other words, you know, they brought in a grinder, not a pass catcher. Um, yeah. What do you think about Ramondre this season? Yeah, I, I like Ramondre uh, still, even though the Zeke signing uh, happened I won't say that the Zeke. I think Zeke's going to take off some of that touchdown upside for Ramondre, yep. but that hurts a bit. Um, yep. But I still view Ramondre as a top ten running back at least this week, and then you know going into the season, I think he's still kind of in that RB one range, back half RB one range. So yeah, I hear I hear you. I I don't know if I'd say Super Bowl, but I agree that the Patriots will definitely make the playoffs and probably advance all the way to the. To the Super Bowl, I don't know if they'll win it. Is that what you just said? I, I think that's what you said. <laughs> yeah, maybe something like, something like that. Yeah, so so it's for sure, for sure. And 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 the team they're going to play in the Super Bowl is the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, I do love the Seattle Seahawks team. I I don't know about you. Um, you know, we 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 love Ken Walker. We then got all excited about Ken Walker. Then Charbonnet gets drafted, and we go cry in the corner. You and JJ Zacharyson talked me back into liking Charbonnet. I should have probably liked him the whole time, but now I'm thinking maybe Ken Walker is still badass. I'm not sure what to make of it. I think in game one, though, against this awful fucking Rams team at home, you know, all fired up, and this Rams team coming in with the worst juju that I've ever seen in a week one team. Like, it's so fucking bad. I think, you know, Seattle's favorite by like five and a half or something like that. Dude, 
I would like 15 and a half. I think Seattle's going to kick the shit out of the Rams. I really do. I don't think it's going to be close. I think the Rams are going to have a hard time converting and Seattle's going to be just flying around. I am. And again, I know it's probably an easy call maybe, but like, if it's so easy, why isn't the line higher? I don't fucking know. But I just think Seattle rolls over the Rams. And if they don't, I, I will be shocked. And it will definitely be a storyline for me going forward because this Seattle team, I feel like, has high hopes. And if they have high hopes, this is a this is a week they need to take care of business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'd be shocked too, man. I, I'd really be shocked. Yeah, fucking – this Cooper Cup situation. I don't know if you remember, but I asked you when I made Cooper Cup the pick over Tyreek Hill early in the in the off in the offseason for Scott Fishbowl. I immediately said I made a mistake, and yeah. a lot of people talked me into it. Like, no, you're fine. You made a good play. I like this was bullshit. I knew it the moment I picked it. I was like, nope, this ain't the fucking team. This is not the team I want to hitch my wagon to. Is a bad play. Um, it's informed my decision since then, and uh, you know, hopefully I. I don't know if I told y'all to do that. I probably didn't tell you guys because I'm a bad podcaster. But, but no, this this Cooper Cup thing, it did not catch me by surprise. I mean, obviously, specifically this injury or whatever. But I just felt like the wheels were coming off this fucking wagon from the beginning. And you know, once I put my ass in the wagon, it felt rickety as shit. You know what I mean? I was like, this thing ain't holding me. And sure enough, it, it fell apart before even week one. I don't think they're going to be playing for much. I don't think they're going to help you in your fantasy playoffs. So as soon as you can maybe get off cup, this is the problem now. It's almost impossible in Dynasty to get off them. This team yeah. is – I think they're going to be awful. They may get the fucking first overall pick. That's that's how bad I think the the, the Rams are. Sheesh, um, Louise. What, what does that mean for our guy or you know, kind of our guy here, Cam Akers? I mean – could it be that it's not as bad as we think it is? Or am I am I on to something here with this Rams fucking mess? Their defense uh, is fucking awful. Yeah, it, it can't be good for Akers. I mean, you know, best case scenario is like he somehow stays alive for this season, but it can't be good for him, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah. just I, – I, there's nothing I can say. Like, you're not pushing back is what I guess I'm getting at. You're with me on this – like, it, it – are they that bad, or do you think no, no, no? They'll be middle of the road, is what I guess I'm getting at. Uh, I, th- I think I think they'd be closer to middle of the road, but they're still not going to be good, man. Like, you know, middle of the road, but kind of swerving off the road. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I did my I did my uh, team total wins. You know, how many wins each team's going to get, and uh, I have them tied with Arizona for four wins. Wow. And, yeah, worst. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're I think that's what happened. I think they're gonna be fucking terrible. Terrible. And wow. maybe one of those wins is gonna be against Arizona. Like they're gonna beat each other. Like, but who do you th- I mean, they I think they have like they have like um like thirty five percent of their team is undrafted. Like they have nobody. Wow. wow. That's it's that's, some stupid fucking thing. Yeah. Of course they don't have any draft picks. Yeah, you that's know? A, that's an alarming uh statistic though. Yeah, I don't remember the exact number, but it, you know, someone will correct me and you know, show, but it's the highest number in the league, I believe, for sure, of players rostered that are undrafted. You know, undrafted Jeez. players. Yeah, Jeez. they're just really bad, especially on the defense. There's just all sorts of undrafted nonsense on the defense. It's just going to be terrible. And you know, you, they're going to take that show on the road 
without Cooper Cup, with you know Matt Stafford, who quote unquote can't connect with the younger players, who I mean he's got to feel like this ain't it. And it, and and you know when a guy like that who's made all the money in the world has been to the top of the mountain, you know has won a Super Bowl, has been fucking right there, he brings this team to the table. He knows. He knows yeah. right off the fucking top, man. This yeah. ain't it. Yeah. He's gonna be like, get me the fuck off this field before I kill myself. Yeah. Like, I just don't think it's gonna go well. I think you're gonna see Stetson fucking Bennett, you know, who, you know, I, it's just I think it's gonna get ugly fast. It's one of the reasons I do like Puka Nakua because I think, you know, they're gonna be like, What what are we, you know, we're gonna play Ben Skoranek over this fucking young yeah. kid. Like, let's see what we got. Let's get some things going. But yeah, dude, I think it's gonna be a, an awful mess. And for those reasons, I love uh, Seattle week one. Uh, of course, uh, I'll be very, very wrong. And then you guys can all pissed off at me. Yeah, man. Um, but quarterback rankings, I think I think Gino this year for me, I, I think you just made a trade for him, didn't you? I did. I did. So, yeah, I traded for Gino uh, in a dynasty super flex league. And, you know, I think, I think he has sneaky value this year um, in redraft or, you know, for 2023. Uh, yeah. I, I still think he's a, you know, high end QB two, but I mean that's still serviceable, you know. With QB one upside, I mean he he finished yeah. a QB one last year. I think he's got that upside. Yeah, um, and he's got a little fucking tiny little bit of Konami. Yeah. He's not a he's not stationary. He'll make some plays with his feet here and there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, so he he you know he's an interesting value for me um, late in drafts. I mean, you know, I mean I even saw him more or less go like towards the very end of, uh, you know, redraft league. So, um, yeah, I, I like Gino Smith this year. I mean, he has DK Lockett and JSN. If you, if you like those three players, I mean, how do you not like Gino? Exactly. Exactly. Um, as a matter of fact, I think he's, I'm going to look real quick. I think he's like my highest rostered, you know, reasonable quarterback outside of like oh, Clayton wow. Toon. Yeah. 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 He's up there. Him and Lamar. Oh, wow. Nice. He, yeah, I, like I'm rolling Lamar everywhere. That was the thing last year that kind of hurt me. I was heavily invested in Lamar, and he got you know he just didn't win for you. So like if yeah. if you were riding, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, Gino, I've got a yeah, I've got a yeah, like 26 percent Gino. Okay, not not bad at all. That's that's pretty solid. Maybe a little bit more. I don't remember. Hold on, hold on. I think I fucked that up. Let me tell you, I I fuck cool. a lot of things up. Uh, yeah, whatever. I got a lot of Gino. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I like it. Uh, yeah, twenty nine percent. Sorry, whatever. So anyway, uh, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you something here, real quick. I want. I want to. I want to. I want to run a trade by you that I made today. Okay. The people. The people saw it, and uh, they were a little bit split on it. You know, I mean, probably a lot of people who follow me felt compelled to defend me. I don't know if it's a good trade or not. It feels like a good trade. But I really like Marvin Mims, all right? So I traded JT and Rondale Moore, okay? So basically JT for Javante Williams and Marvin Mims. That's, you know, that, 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 that's a Marvin Mims for me, you know? I, I went to Marvin Mims' side. And uh, we talked about this a little bit before, before yeah. we hit record. And, you know, uh, you know I, th- I think Jonathan Taylor is still – Tremendous talent, right? I mean, super elite. You're going to miss four games, probably more, or a good chance he misses more. Uh, and he's slowly, slowly creeping up on that age curve, right? He's already kind of aged out of his rookie contract. And this is where it starts getting kind of nervous. 
Uh, Javante Williams, a little younger, of course, coming off devastating knee injury. But um, like like you said earlier, like he got five targets in a preseason game. I mean, and last season before he got injured, he got like 14 targets and like, I don't know, 15 carries or something in a game. And, yeah. you know, it was, it was like, you know, this guy's going to see crazy volume. And then he got hurt, which is a bummer. Uh, yeah. So I do like that trade for you. Yeah, I think uh, we, we the principle, the reason I brought it up was a couple things. So like we've been talking, you know, you and I and on this podcast uh, about running back trade strategy. And I've been saying to sell running back for running back plus profit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard. It's hard to do. It's hard to go from one running back to another running back because you're going down. You're saying, oh, I'm giving up JT to go down to Javante. And, and I would say that's true. I did that. But in six months or six weeks, that may not be the prevailing theme. It could be that, you know, first of all, JT doesn't play for four weeks. Maybe he comes back and scuffles in week five. And going into week six, all of a sudden, Javante's had two good games. And he's like a top five, you know, dynasty running back all of a sudden. It's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we don't know exactly what's going to happen with these running backs. And a lot of times it's not what we think. Ken Walker got an, a, an outcome we didn't think would happen. You know, J.K. Dobbins got hurt. Dalvin Cook got moved. Like all these things change. Everything changes so fast that we don't. DeAndre Swift, geez Louise. You know, a while ago, you know, two years ago, not even less than two years ago, he was like the RB2 in Dynasty. You know, it's like life comes at you fast. So I think – Selling while they're hot, selling at the top. And again, you know, I mean, jeez, I'm pretty sure uh, Javante is going to outscore him at least in the first four weeks. You know, that's yeah. a joke. But, you know, yeah. and then so then I get the the dice roll of Marvin Mims. Now, Marvin Mims could could crap out. I get that. But likely he's going to retain some value, even if he's not awesome really quick. I mean, if I want to get off him, I can probably get off him for a second. Yeah. So is it worth is it worth a second? To move from Javante to, you know, to or from JT to Javante, probably. I mean, that's probably yeah, about yeah. fair. That's but then fair, I get yeah. the the upside play of of Marvin Mims, which could make it could be a, a, a the value of a first or multiple firsts if he ends up being this you know amazing player. We don't know exactly. We yeah. have a pretty good idea what what Rondale is. I mean, I don't think I'm going to get burned by that part of the trade. But um, but yeah, if, I, if I've got all the upside built into Marvin Mims and as to what he can become, and that's really the what I bought, right? I bought yeah, Marvin yeah. Mims with the difference of Javante and JT, and who knows that could flip, and in, in a year it could be that Javante is the higher valued running back over JT potentially. Yeah, no, I agree, hundred um, percent. Yeah, so I, I think I think your reasoning that you laid out is very sound. And I, you know, I mean, that's, that's why you made that deal and that's why it's a good deal. I mean, bottom line. So you, you also made a deal. I want to hear your deal. Uh, And then, and then we got to get going. I know it's a, it's late on the West coast, which means it's late everywhere, baby, but it's five o'clock somewhere. And that's a, that's a pre pre a little something happening. Go ahead. Yeah, man. Um, Yeah. So dynasty super flex league, I traded away uh, Anthony Richardson, Rashad white and Rashad Bateman for uh, Christian McCaffrey, CJ Stroud, and Geno Smith. And before everyone comes and attacks me, uh, this is a contending team, you know, ready to really go for the ship. Quarterback has been a kind of a, a concern of mind heading into the season. 
And my quarterbacks before this trade were Anthony Richardson, who I traded away, Dak Prescott, and Mac Jones. So, you know, I'm pretty high on Mac Jones this year. um, But Mac, uh, I mean, Dak Prescott this year, Mac Jones, I'm not not thrilled about. Uh, Anthony Richardson, I mean, I know he has a pretty good floor for the rushing, the rushing upside that he possesses, but just all the moves that the Colts have been making, man, just terrifying, you know, and um, I really got to win the ship. So uh, Gino Smith, we talked about, you know, I, I'm actually pretty high on him this year. And, you know, between Gino and Matt, uh, Dak, I think I have a pretty good quarterback one, situation. Two. Yep. You know, one, two. I agree. You know? and, uh, and then Christian McCaffrey, I mean, you know, he's still RB1 for me this year. Uh, and my other running backs in this league are Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. Uh, and, you know, sending off Rashad Bateman and Rashad White, um, you know, it didn't really hurt that much. I mean, you know, I, because I'm so deep at running back with like the, the you know, I mean, I have Brees Hall on the bench, right? So right. <laughs> I didn't really need even Rashad White on the team. And Bateman, I mean, I was really high on Bateman, but I think this is kind of where I say start saying goodbye to him. And hey, if he if he does well in the new offense, great. But uh, you know, um, I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna miss him either. I mean, I have you know players like Antonio Brown and Ridley and Godwin and Higgins. You said uh, Antonio Brown, by the way, which is fucking awesome. Uh, did I say Antonio Brown? I, I, yeah, <laughs> AJ Brown uh, <laughs> and um, DJ Moore and Metcalf. So I didn't yeah. really need Rashad Bateman on this right. team. So right. moving those pieces, getting some quarterbacks back, getting uh, McCaffrey. And really, this is like one of those win now, chips in, uh, move move, move off of some players that I was probably high on uh, before the floor completely falls through. Uh, and then, you know, Richardson and, and Rashad White still have a lot of upside and a lot of value. And um, hey, I still have shares of shares of them across my other dynasty league, so it's not like I'm fully out on them. Yeah, but, um, I agree. It's, it's, I, th- it's I think from the yeah. I think from the other side, uh, uh, you know, the other player is buying Anthony Richardson. That's what they're doing. Yeah, and if they're going to buy Anthony Richardson, that's what they're buying. Well, they bought him with a lot. I think you win the trade. I think you win the trade, no doubt. Um, because here's the thing: he he was buying up on Anthony Richardson. And we're not sure, you know, I, when, when you sent me the, the framework of the deal that you were working, I said, yeah, what if CJ Stroud's better than Anthony Richardson? Yeah. We, we, that's a flip of the coin. I mean, in other words, we don't know if it's Trey Lance, Justin Fields. We don't know who this guy is. All of them, you know, Joe Burrow or, you know, Kirk, Kirk Cousins, or we don't know Mac Jones. We don't know what these guys are actually going to become. But, like, you know, we think we know so much about how these guys are going to turn out. Like, you know, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. We talked about it earlier with with Baker. It's like, remember, you know, and, and I made it. Oh, I know what I made my trade. You saw my trade in the Dynasty Game Theory Invitational. I sold Kenny Pickett. Okay. Yeah. I'm in on Kenny Pickett. And that's the thing. You're probably in on Anthony Richardson. It's not to say that we're not in on these players. You sold up on, on Anthony Richardson on the hype, on the high. And you got two fucking quarterbacks and CMC in a in a in a in a superflex league. To me, that's that's winning. You got a guy in CJ Stroud that might end up being better than um, Anthony Richardson. Obviously, Anthony Richardson's ceiling is higher. And then you gave up Rashad White, who's a running back. He's a guy. 
He might end up being great. He's still kind of old anyway. He's only about a year or two younger than McCaffrey on the on the age anyway. So it's not like he's got a much longer shelf life at all. You get the number one running back. This is a slam dunk for you. So I think it's a great, great trade, especially given your roster. But even without the roster, I'd still say you won the value. So you might as well just make the trade and then sell off the other pieces like Geno and McCaffrey and just hold on to you know C.J. Stroud. So I, I think you won the trade going away and still have the chance to absolutely dominate the trade if Richardson, Buss, and Stroud hits, then it's like the greatest trade of all time. Even if it flips, I still think you did okay. So that's my take on that trade. I will tell the people as we go out what I did with Kenny Pickett. In the Dynasty Game Theory Invitational, I have a pretty good team. It's a fucking murderer's row. It's a 14-team league with deep starting rosters so it's very very difficult to dominate because you know you can't you know and and it's also a young league i think we're only in the third year here and there's sharks everywhere um so it's not an easy league um you know scott connor has a really good team nate list ran the table last year which actually i don't even like talking about that 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 (laughs) pisses me off um how the fuck he came in my league and runs a table like a little bitch i mean we're gonna have to get him on this pod again so i can berate him about all that shit anyway so there's some good teams. I sell Kenny Pickett. I've been looking to sell a couple Kenny Picketts because I think here's the thing. We talked about it. Is he good? Well, right now the world has decided that Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers are dope. And I was saying to you pre-show, remember when we thought that about Baker Mayfield? After his rookie season, everybody was like, dude, fucking – I mean, I was stupid enough to say he's in the conversation for quarterback one overall. Like this is like where the market was – on a guy like Baker Mayfield after being the first overall pick and throwing more touchdown passes than anybody else as a rookie. Kenny Pickett had like nine touchdown passes last year. I mean, we're not sure about him. I sold him for a 24 first, and of course, super troopers only, Aiden O'Connell. Nice, man. Yeah, um, you sent me that trade, and you're like, hey, what do you think? I said, uh, I like picking and you're like, dude, like fuck off. Um, no, but you know, but given obviously like given the makeup of the league, the situation, like your whole strategy behind it, it makes a ton of sense. Right. Because, um, you know, stocking up the iron bank. I mean, we've talked about this time and time again. Right. I mean, that's a winning strategy. Um, pick it. We just don't know. Right. Like maybe he's great. Maybe he's not, yeah. maybe he's just average. You know, and most likely he's probably closer to being average than anything else. You know, like, I mean, if you flip the coin a hundred times, I mean, 70 or 80 times he's going to come out to be like average. Like, he's just going to be cool. Like, okay, cool. Like, but nothing that you're really writing home about or you're really missing. It's not like you gave away Trevor Lawrence or something, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And in, in that league, I do have Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith. I have Brock Purdy. And then I have the Arizona Arizona poo-poo platter of Josh Dobbs and Clayton Toon. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I also have Carson Wentz. So kind of fucking holding over the league with Carson Wentz as soon as he gets signed. Um, but actually, you know, and I mentioned this to you. I said, what if Aiden O'Connell's good? Yeah. You know? Um, I know that that's like a little bit of hope, hopefulness. I mean, that was my counter. Basically he sent me the 24 first straight up for, you know, and and by the way, the, the, the 24 first is a fucking, 
you know, mid, middle of the road first as it sits right now. But because it's such a deep starting roster, I showed you the roster. I said, things could go wrong for this roster, and then he's fucked. It could be an absolute top four or five pick. That's definitely in the cards. It's very unlikely to be a last like a like a bottom two or three or four pick it's very likely to be in the middle but it has some lottery ticket upside and then i feel like aiden o'connell showed enough in the preseason that he just might be good and when you talk Mm -hmm. about where he plays he might have a chance to play this year nobody including the las vegas raiders are in love with jimmy garoppolo except for obviously porn stars are all in love with jimmy garoppolo that that's different (laughs) porn stars are in love with him. But other than porn stars, there's nobody in love with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I would say that he has a chance to play. They, By the way, let me just check my notes. Hold on. Checking actual paper here. I've got Las Vegas 5-12. and 12. I don't think that they're necessarily a good team either. They could, they could suck. And if they suck, then in comes Aiden O'Connell. If he's any good, he could be a starter next year. I mean, I don't know. I mean – Maybe they're a little bit better than five and twelve, and they they're not in the Drake May you know band uh, you know uh, um, sweepstakes, and they get nothing, and they're like fuck it, let's roll with Aiden O'Connell, let's put some shit around him and go from there. It's possible, um, you know. Stranger things have happened, so it was a little bit of an upside dice roll, and I think that's what you're looking at with these trades. I think those three trades are an eye into what we. We like JT, we like Anthony Richardson, we like Kenny Pickett. Sometimes you have to bet against the market. And and that's just the the way you have to play this crazy game of dynasty. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Um, yeah, you know, and you know, I, I think I think everything you said for your listeners is like absolute gold, and you know they need to take that to the bank, uh, you know, the iron bank, if you will. Yeah, the iron bank. And uh, with that, we're gonna go out. And I will say, you know, the boys in the band they order boat drinks. So we're gonna we're gonna hear some uh, we're gonna hear some Jimmy Buffett on the way out. Normally we play the uh, the regular songs, but we're gonna give give you some Jimmy Buffett. For those of you youngins who are listening to this show, this was like the original Broking motherfuckers just sailing around, fucking doing concerts in a you know Tommy Bahama shirt and you know just fucking killing life. So you know just just be Jimmy Buffett, enjoy yourself and uh, and and have some fun. You uh, you've been joined by Mr. Chalk. He's the greatest of all time awesome dude it's a little late here we're about to fall into a whiskey slumber but uh we will see you next week so on behalf of everybody here at the undroppables on behalf of everybody here at the undrafted on behalf of the greatest podcast producer to ever work with me michael p duncan and the p is for sad philadelphia eagles you all have been joined by the chalk. I am Jax Falcone. And we are out.